Welcome to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan, where we're going to cast and blast you right out of this world with some of the best hunting and fishing stories that you can't even imagine. Welcome to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in the studio with Frank Selby. Oh, Frank, uh, what can I say? It's another week already. Yeah, it's flying by. I, I'm at the shop today tying flies. I have to get four orders out, custom orders. Yeah, well, you pain. know, you guys uh, crank them with you and uh, your your little Gracie. Yeah, you and your uh, uh, little Santa's little helpers there. You guys crank out a lot of flies. Oh yeah, we're the last shop that I know of to tie all of our flies in house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you send a lot of those out too for special people for special places. Yeah, we uh, actually get a lot of orders from the Delta and Florida. Yeah, and uh, I can't say the one place. <laughs> But, yeah, right now she's tying crawdad patterns in the other room for bass fishing. And uh, they're going to Louisiana, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, well, we talk about bass once in a while, but, you know, it's it's always something we should spend more time on because there's more bass anglers than probably everything else combined. Yes, that's true. I always say I don't know any professional uh, uh, trout anglers, but there's sure a ton of bass anglers. Yeah. There's a lot of professional trout anglers, they, but they usually are writing books instead of uh, yeah. doing tournaments. Right. Well, hopefully we'll get one of those people writing books on today. Yeah, we do have a really good one. He's wrote in six books. Mm-hmm. Jason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, he'll be he'll be on in this segment towards the end. So stay tuned for that because I think we might even keep him for uh, more than more than one uh, uh, segment because he's got so much to talk about. And yeah. I know that you've been busy guiding and and uh, staying busy all week. Yeah, I've uh, actually I had four out one day, two out yesterday, and the four out we got a bunch of the little stingrays, you know, eight or nine. Oh yeah, down in the surf. The yeah, oh they're fun. Yeah. Okay. And then the other guy we fished the bay, we got three halibut. Wow. Spotted baby. Wow. Okay. Well, we're going to go. We're going to come right back with you, and I think we'll probably have uh, Randall when we come back. Appreciate that. Uh, You're listening to Fish Talk Radio. Go to fishhunttalkradio.com. If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive. Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. 
Always buy quality, and you will not be disappointed. AO Coolers, the lightweight, soft-sided cooler, will not disappoint you. Easy to carry, less room on the deck, and more efficient. AO Coolers fit the product inside for more performance. Once you try one, you want more. You will be proud to own one. AO Coolers outperform bulky, hard shell, and lesser soft-sided coolers. For types and how to find yours, go to aocoolers.com. Available at West Marine. The road stretches for miles in front of you. And with the Ram 1500, you'll be able to reach mile after open mile. It gets a best-in-class 25 miles per gallon highway. So your destination won't just be determined by your gas gauge, but by your gauge for achievement. And the Ram 1500 is the first-ever back-to-back Motor Trend Truck of the Year. Guts. Glory. Ram. See your local Ram dealer today for great deals. EPA estimated 25 MPG highway based on V6 4x2. Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and we have Frank Selby, and we have the pleasure of Jason Randall, who is a uh, certainly nationwide fly, uh, fly fishing, I guess uh, any type of fishing that you want to do. We're going to find out from Jason what it is he does. He is um, a prolific outdoor writer. So, Jason, welcome to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. Hey, thanks, John. It's a pleasure being here. Thanks for the invitation. Okay. Well, let's kind of get over the uh, how are you kind of stuff. Uh, Give us an idea about what it is that you do. Well, I've got probably one of the best jobs in the world. I get to go pretty much all over and and fish, learn different techniques from different people, and share them with uh, the fishing world uh, through magazine articles and presentations and interviews and books. It's uh, it's really uh, makes makes business a joy. Well, give us an idea what magazines you write for and some about the books that you've written or you're writing. Well, I'm a feature writer for American Angler um, in uh, pretty much uh, in the trout world of things, so I write a lot about trout and trout fishing. Uh, I've got the first three books that I put out uh, over the last five years uh, are considered the Fly Fisher's Guide Trilogy, and each one of those three books kind of tackles a different scientific topic within our sport, whether it's the structure of current and moving water, how that affects uh, trout. Out and the food they eat, and also how it affects our fishing. 
Uh, the second book looks at trout feeding behavior and how any fishing strategy that we're using has got to match up to their feeding strategy at that time in order to, to catch them. And then the third book in the trilogy looks at the trout senses, like their sense of hearing and their sense of sight and smell and how to use that to our advantage when we're fishing. And then the most recent book came out about 10 months ago, and it's called Nymph Masters, Fly Fishing Secrets from Expert Anglers. And it's really one of the first corroborative efforts in nymph fishing in our sport for an awful long time. And some of the top names in our sport, people like Lefty Cray and Gary Borger and George Daniel and Landon Mayer and Ed Engel all contributed ideas and tips. And we put them into one book. And it's uh, it's just a fun book to work on. Mm -hmm. Well, I like nymphing because you don't have to worry about throwing it way out there. You just kind of drop it in the water. And if there's, right. especially, especially if there's trees or shrubs around. You bet. And I like it because it catches a lot of fish. Yeah, well, uh, Frank, it looks like we're going to be a little busy for a while. Uh, yeah. I was, there was a couple questions I wanted to ask him about the Chicago area still. You, you still fish a lot in the Chicago area? I do, Frank. Uh, you know, living in uh, the far north, uh, northwest suburbs of Chicago, I'm fishing, do most of my fishing locally, yeah, if it's just an hour or two on a farm pond. But there's great uh, trout fishing uh, in the in the southwest part of Wisconsin in the area that's called the Driftless Area. It's a ton of spring creeks. But I also fish all of the tributaries of the, of the uh, Lake Michigan, both on the Wisconsin side and the, and the Michigan side. Uh, for steelhead and trout and salmon. So there's a lot of great opportunities in the Midwest. Yeah. Well, when I used to hang out in Joliet, I loved to come up to Chicago and fish the largemouth and smallmouth bass in the Chicago River. <laughs> and I have a lot of friends still back there. Jerry Padazzi, and you know the the two boys that owned the fly shop in Chicago. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I do. I do. And and uh, two great guys. Uh, you just don't want to fish the Chicago area anytime around the middle of March for St. Patrick's Day because they dump all that green dye in there and have parade. Yeah. Oh, what what's the dye for? Well, it's for St. Patrick's Day. It's, it's oh uh, God. They, yeah, I mean they drink green beer and and put red dye in the in the river. It's uh, organic and biodegradable, but it it, it uh, I don't think it helped the fishing any <laughs> at least that time. But yeah, it's, really? uh, it's a fun time. Yeah, that's where all of us poor boys used to go to fish is the Great Lakes and uh, the some of the small streams and rivers there. Well, well, you probably fished for, for right off the, the public piers then, I'll bet you you did, for perch yeah. and, and uh, some of that too, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was a poor boy. Yeah, I was too. a poor boy. I was a misery boy, but my best friend's dad owned the uh, card making there in Chicago, God, the uh, Ellis's. God. I can't think of the name of the cards. Uh, Jason, yeah. tell us a little bit about the Great Lakes because I don't really know a lot about it. But you know, it's you know, there's there's certainly a lot of water. Uh, give us an idea about the fishing. And is it uh, they have a lot of charter boats going out into the water? Or is it you know? Give us an idea about fishing the Great Lakes. 
Oh, you bet. Um, you, certainly, they do have a lot of charter boats out in the summer for uh, coho and, and king salmon and lake trout. And, and although it's been a little affected by the, the zebra mussels, the filter feeders have reduced the plankton and, and uh, the suspended food for the bait fish. And with, with fewer bait fish, there's certainly um, been, a, a, been a decline in the population of, of the salmon species. But it's still very good fishing. But we have great uh, lake run browns and steelhead runs and salmon runs in the tributaries from Wisconsin, the UP, uh, all the way around in the lower peninsula of Michigan as well. well the, the Great Lakes have kind of a combination of salt uh, water fish and freshwater fish. Well, no salt because it's all freshwater, but it's all uh, going to be the same kind of fishing. Well, you said you got, you, got, you got salmon in there, which is... Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. Freshwater salmon. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's getting real popular, too, down on the southern tip, uh, you know, in the in the lower part of Lake Michigan, uh, the mouths of these rivers. There's just huge flats, sandbar flats and mud flats. And carp is getting to be a huge game fish for on mm-hmm. the fly. And, boy, it's getting to get real popular mm-hmm. uh, in, the, in the Midwest. Now, a couple of years ago, I had a guy on. It was something like the head of the carp fly, fly carp fishing association of of America, and I thought the guy was kidding. I said, "Who who who fishes for carp?" But boy, it's sure gotten popular. It sure has. I remember we used to try to shake him off the hook, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, there's a lot of rivers now. They have contests just for carp in uh, yep. Montana. Uh, they have two different runs of people going out to see who they catch the biggest carp. Well, I, I, I haven't really done much carp fishing, but what I do know is they're very difficult to get them to bite. That's true. You know, I, I, you know what? I'll admit I've not done a lot of it either. I've tried a couple times, and uh, it is. It's a challenging. Uh, it's a challenging fish, and uh, for a number of reasons. And even after you get them to bite, it's not always a uh, a done deal. Um, it's kind of considered like the the poor man's bonefish. Now mm-hmm. um, it, it's gotten to be real desirable. Mm-hmm. Well, let me give you a little hint. Do you know carp was the first? A species of fish ever taken on a fly? Ah, uh, no, I didn't know that. The first Ming Dynasty. Oh, really? Wow! Built, <laughs> built flies, <laughs> uh, bone hooks, and only the highest ranked people could take a fish. Wow! Well, well, the, other, the other thing I understand that the carp were brought over, I don't know, about 150 years ago as a food fish to the United okay. States. Yeah, it's been popular for a long time in Europe. I mean, it's really uh, it's really a big deal there, and it's just getting hot over here now. The last maybe five or ten years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and what's neat about carp? They can live in any kind of water, oh, brackish yeah. water, yeah, that's true. That is dirty true. water, clear right. water. Okay, well, we're gonna take a break, and we'll see how long we can get. Uh, uh, Jason to hang around with us because he's got so much information and you know just right off the top I'm going wow this is going to take a while so we'll see how long we can keep you on the phone we appreciate it Randall uh, or Jason and uh, we're about ready to take a break at, go to fishhunttalkradio.com you can listen to all these uh, information that uh, uh, Jason's going to be giving us and you can listen to it over and over again so you don't have to write it all down so we'll be right back with you you are listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio but I wish that I was fishing 
Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. Vagabundos del Mar, boat and Travel Club has 42 years experience introducing RVers to the joys of Mexico. Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundos Del Mar also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at vagabundos.com or call 800-474-BAJA. Mystery Tackle Box is the most fun and affordable way to discover new lures every month. Select your target species and select your subscription length. Get your box delivered. Catch more fish. It's that easy. Offering fresh and salt water, we've partnered with Fish Talk to get you a great deal. Use the promo code FISHTALK for $10 off your first subscription. Mystery Tackle Box is the original monthly lure subscription service. In fact, we've been told that it feels like Christmas once a month and you can get started for as little as 15 bucks a month. Go to mysterytacklebox.com today. That's mysterytacklebox.com and start getting your packages every month. This is John and I believe in Mystery Tackle Box. Go to mysterytacklebox.com, mention Fish Talk, get a special deal and get the packages coming every month. You will be looking forward to it. Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and we have uh, 
Jason Randall on the line with us, and wow, uh, Jason, there's so much I want to cover, and I don't know where to start. Um, you talked about, you know, the, I don't know, <laughs> just about every time of fishing everywhere. Uh, Frank, what's the most interesting to you? I think uh, his new book on nymphing, he's got all five ways of uh, nymph fishing. Let's in do that. that. Book. Do, you, do, you, do you mind, Jason, giving us some tips oh, on nymphing? First of all, explain, explain what it is and how you do it. Well, nymph fishing is kind of a broad term that catches everything. Nymph is, a, is really a, a, an immature insect, but nymph fishing, the term, has come to mean pretty much anything that's underwater subsurface um, other than, like, streamers and woolly buggers and stuff like that. So you don't have to be fishing with a nymph to be nymph fishing. You can do it with a scud, a little crustacean, or um, pretty much anything that's uh, close to the bottom. But we know that trout feed more you know, under the surface than they do on top of the surface. We all love to catch dry fly fish on, on during a hatch, but in between hatches and other opportunities, uh, your best bet is nymph fishing. Okay, and explain uh, explain how you do that, and you know different types and indicators, and you know what it is it takes to to work. And like you said, I think it's probably very productive, and it's a lot easier than uh, um, being in brush and shrub and trying to throw that fly out. You bet. You bet. Well, the strike indicator um, type of nymphing has been around for a long time, and there's really a time and place where where that really is the most effective way to nymphfish and uh, just making sure that you get your flies down close to the bottom because that's where the the strike zone is for nymphfishing. Some of the newer techniques, though, really um, the ones that have come out of Europe, they're called Euro-nymphing or sometimes by the country of their origin like Czech nymphing or Polish nymphing, um, but those techniques really cut through the current to keep your flies close to the bottom because we know that the current is less closer to the bottom, so that's where the food is, that's where the trout are, and that's where your flies need to be too. So a lot of those newer techniques that don't use flotation strike indicators really are very effective at, at getting your flies down in front of fish, and usually presentation trumps fly selection. Fly selection is important. Getting the right fly down there is important, but getting the right presentation in the right zone is critical. Um, when fish are on the bottom, uh, they're feeding more opportunistically rather than a hatch where they're really keyed on one certain food type. Um, they might take a variety of different flies as long as we can get it to the bottom and have a decent presentation. Well, without using the indicator, um, you have to pay very close attention because you never know when you're going to bite. Well, there's a, just a different way of, of detecting that strike, and it is a bit of a learning curve with it, like there is with any new technique. And you're right, um, you've got to you've got to get dialed into kind of a new system. But we're, what we're doing is we're we're staying relatively tight to the flies, and a lot of these techniques are called tight line techniques, and kind of a hybrid of the old high sticking techniques we used to use uh, many years ago. But uh, with that tight connection to the flies, if a trout takes that fly, oftentimes you can feel the strike, a little tug um, as opposed to a bottom tick. Um, and you can also see because your line will stop moving in the drift. And so just a, a little bit of practice and I think you can you can, uh, you can can get dialed into it. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
So when it comes to nymphing, you're talking about you know either using an indicator or not. But it sounds like the advantage of not using an indicator is that the line isn't going to move as fast. Yeah, that's true. It slows your drift down. And again, if the, if we know that the current speed closer to the bottom of the stream is moving slower, slowing that drift down a bit is uh, is really a more natural presentation. So we want to get our flies closer to the bottom, and we want to slow them down relative to the speed of the strike zone, which is that area right above the, well, the stream would bed. You, would you use a sinking uh, line, or would you use a floating line with, with a lot of... Uh, um, um, tip it on it. Yeah, yeah. More and more, and more you're going to see um, using uh, longer leaders and, and less fly line. Um, and so typically we're not using much of the uh, of the fly line at all. Now, the old Brooks method uh, did use some sinking lines. Uh, and uh, again, trying to get those flies closer to the bottom. So sinking lines are, you know, are just, they're not that commonly used anymore, but they used to be. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, well, we don't have a whole lot of time. Let's keep moving on to the next one, Frank. That was a good question. Where else should we go? Oh, well, that's easy. Uh, most places now you can only use two flies, and some places you can only use one nymph, and then there's other places you can use three. What's your best way to do a three, uh, three uh, nymphs at a time? Well, that's a great, a great question, Frank. Usually, <laughs> if, if uh, it is a long answer, though, but uh, usually, if I'm fishing in fast water, then I want to. If I'm fishing two or maybe three flies, I need to get all three of those flies down to the strike zone. So typically, I'm going to put my heaviest fly, or which would be called an anchor fly because it sinks, or I might uh, put a sinker in the very front part of that uh, the, the rig. Um, I might put it uh, at the very front because I want that weight to carry all three or two or three of those flies beneath the current and into the strike zone. But if I'm fishing slow water, relatively slow-moving water to maybe even up to medium speed water, then I'll put the heaviest fly at the very end, the point fly, and then my upper flies will be off of small um, dropper segments of tippet, maybe five inches long or so. And those might be less weighted flies because in slow-moving water, the strike zone broadens from, from uh, you know, maybe only a small bottom segment in fast water. It might broaden all the way from top to bottom. So it's okay in that situation to have your flies yeah. I'm sorry you're still there uh, Jason yeah okay yeah. I'm starting to break off a little bit um, so that now does it do you find it more effective to have more flies in the water or isn't it, isn't it even that much more difficult to uh, feel the bite <laughs> well, it, 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 it's a little more tangle prone, especially, you know, if you're just starting to learn those techniques. Uh, I maybe wouldn't recommend putting tree flies on when you're just getting started. Uh, a little bit more tangle prone till you get used to it. Um, but it does give you the advantages of, of uh, maybe setting a smorgasbord uh, uh, arrangement of different flies in front of the trout uh, and see maybe what their preference might be. So I think it helps 
uh, in that sense, get dialed into what the trout are taking. Um, and I think once you get the hang of the cast and the presentation, um, you know, it's not that tangle prone. Uh, I think even using something as simple as a water loaded cast where you're letting it trail downstream and, and just uh, using a water loaded cast to, to get up above you again like roll, uh, can like, really help. Like a roll cast, you mean? Sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. something along yeah. those lines. And I think that helps with the tangle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, you know what Bob always said: two flies are better than one, doubles your chances. Mm-hmm. That's Bob true. Jack. That's true. Yeah, and I'll share. I'll well, share a tip from Joe Humphrey too, who shared uh, yeah. you know, a lot of tips in the in the new book, Nymph Masters. One of the tips he shared with me is the difference between a good nymph angler and a great nymph angler is two split shots. It, that just yeah. emphasizes how important it is to get your flies closer to the bottom in that stripe. So, is that what you do? Is you use a, 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 a split shot on it at the bottom? Yeah. Yep, you can. You can use a split shot, uh, you know, up, uh, up, you know, uh, usually people will put it above the, the, the upper dropper or the first flight, um, but uh, it's different. People rig it differently a little bit, and some people use a weighted fly, a heavily weighted fly instead of sinkers, but whatever it takes to get to the bottom. If you're not feeling bottom once in a while on, a, on some of those drifts, then you need to do something, uh, maybe even adding a little bit more weight. Well, this is something uh, new to me, like most of. Um, but you mentioned a dropper loop. So, do you cut and just go one strand, or do you actually use a, a dual strand that goes through the hook? For well, a what loop? I usually, yeah, to hook up the rig. Usually, I'll come down the leader um, to a tippet ring, uh, which is a very small two, maybe three millimeter um, tungsten ring, and then I'll put a short fly off of that. In a long fly, so I might put the short oh. uh, fly, um, maybe five inches um, uh, of tippet, and then the next fly I might put uh, 18 inches, uh, uh, so that I've got uh, two flies off of one tippet ring. So if I break off one fly, I really only have to tie that one fly back on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, some of the other stuff that you mentioned, we're going to try and get through as best we can. Some great uh, ideas <clears throat> on uh, uh, fly fishing for trout. I don't know if we have enough time to even mention. Let's see, what time do we have here? Well, we've got uh, <clears throat> about 30 seconds. But um, <clears throat> when we come back, let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, carp fishing. And I don't know, you said it's a growing sport. I don't know that too many people that do it, but it, it is growing. And, <clears throat> you know, I think of, of uh, carp sitting around the dock and they're just kind of floating around underneath there and you put some bait in front of them and they could care less. You bet. Let's, uh, um, do we have time to get into that now? Or no, we only got about 20 seconds, so let's uh, let's go ahead and and, uh, and jump on that as soon as we get back and then uh, we'll see if we can cover some other subject also. You are listening you to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. Go to fishhunttalkradio.com and you can listen to Jason as many times as you want. All right, we'll be right back with you guys.
If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive. Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. Mystery Tackle Box is the most fun and affordable way to discover new lures every month. Select your target species and select your subscription length. Get your box delivered. Catch more fish. It's that easy. Offering fresh and salt water, we've partnered with Fish Talk to get you a great deal. Use the promo code FISHTALK for $10 off your first subscription. Mystery Tackle Box is the original monthly lure subscription service. In fact, we've been told that it feels like Christmas once a month and you can get started for as little as 15 bucks a month. Go to mysterytacklebox.com today. That's mysterytacklebox.com and start getting your packages every month. This is John and I believe in Mystery Tackle Box. Go to mysterytacklebox.com, mention Fish Talk, get a special deal and get the packages coming every month. You will be looking forward to it. Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and we have Frank Selby and Jason Randall. Um, Jason, we started talking about um, carp fishing. I'd, I don't want to get too far into it, but just give us an idea. If you're interested in carp, where, where do you go? Boy, I'll tell you what. You can choose just about any place to go. I, we've got some ponds uh, in northern Illinois that are loaded with carp, and uh, you, you can fish them. I've got a small uh, creek behind the house that uh, that we've got carp in, and, and it's a fun thing about carp is it's, it's, it is a lot like saltwater bone fish. You can sight fish for them. A lot of times they'll be laying close to the surface and finning and uh, just getting your fly out there in front of them, and, and uh, you got a chance to catch them. And and hang on. Yeah, there you go. Okay. And um, we were talking, uh, let's, let's go ahead and continue on, um, and uh, some of the other subject that you wanted to get into. Uh, well, don't answer that. Don't answer that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're sorry about that. No, go ahead. 
Um, yeah, there's a lot of other aspects of uh, fly fishing uh, other than nymph fishing. I love to dry fly fish and being on the river when there's a hatch of bluing olive, which is a small aquatic mayfly or caddisflies, uh, another um, aquatic insect. When they come erupting, they release from the bottom at the uh, uh, at the beginning of the adult stage and they pop off the water surface and the trout are rising. There's nothing, there's no magical, other magical moment greater than that in, in, uh, in fishing that I can think of as to casting your fly to a rising trout. Frank, you probably uh, enjoy that too, don't you? Yeah, I used to do a lot of that on uh, the Madison and a couple other little places. Yeah, that's fun. I'll tell you what, it's exciting. It's a heart-pounding moment uh, when you're casting to a, a, a rising trout. It's like casting to a spotted, decided bonefish. I'll tell you what, your your heart rate doubles. Yeah. Well, um, let's, let's talk for a minute about, because, you know, there are the purists that won't use anything but a fly and they have to tie it themselves out of natural stuff. But uh, spin fishing in some circumstance uh, can be an effective way to fish. <laughs> or, <coughs> excuse me, of course when you're in salt water it's normally convention. But let's, uh, let's get some tips on spin fishing. Oh, you bet. You bet. I, I still enjoy spin fishing. I, I like trolling uh, charter boats, uh, fishing for salmon and saltwater fish and all that stuff. So I fish pretty much any way that'll, uh, that I can to catch a fish. And every uh, year uh, for the last few years, and i uh, got a trip planned already uh, for this June, I like to go out uh, with a Hall of Fame fisherman, Spence Petros, and, and uh, a name probably well-known to many in the fishing world. Um, and we go drop shot for bass in, in uh, Lake Geneva, which is in southern Wisconsin, and that's that's so much fun. And you talk about a very finesse technique. It's, uh, um, it, it's a great way to catch fish. I love it. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, in a couple of minutes, we're going to bring Captain Phil Thompson on, who fishes, uh, well, he's a Cuba expert. So we'll let you guys swap some stories, and we'll do that in a few minutes. You bet, you bet. Cuba's a, kind of the new, uh, one of the rich treasures in the Caribbean and great place to go catch, uh, maybe get your Grand Slam too, which would be a, you know, saltwater Grand Slam would be a permit, a tarpon, and a bonefish. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's just touch on saltwater a little bit, fly fishing and maybe, you know, have you ever done any of that? Yeah, just, uh, you know, in the last five, six years or so, I've really gotten bit by the saltwater bug. And I was always a trout guy, and uh, that's my background. I, I, you know, I have a very scientific background. My bachelor degree is in biology, and, and I went on for additional training in stream and fish ecology and, and fish biology. But um, so I spent so much time fishing for trout because I, I fell in love with that first. But boy, have I gotten bit by the saltwater bug mm-hmm. lately. And I'm going to be down off the coast of southern um, Texas fishing maybe for some tarpon. Mm-hmm. If it's uh, not right conditions for tarpon, we'll try some redfish. And I got a chance to fish Cocodri, Louisiana uh, last year oh, okay. for redfish. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's, is that's that fresh water. Yeah, that's fresh water there, but yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, but it's in the brackish water along mm-hmm. the shores of Louisiana. Boy, I'll tell you what, that's pretty cool stuff. Yeah. yeah uh, hey, I got one question real quick. Did you ever get to go down and fish with... Uh, Lefty and Bob Clouser and Renzetti. 
Florida, well, they I used think, to do that every year for years. And eight they times did. I missed. They mm-hmm. did. They did. But I got a chance to fish uh, with Bob, and I've spent some time on the stream uh, with Lefty before he died. But um, I've never saltwater fished with those guys. And those, those uh, especially Lefty, and, and the, uh, he's kind of the bonefish buccaneer, I know, the, yeah. the uh, program that well, he's doing the, there. Well, uh, the fly, fly fishing in the, in the saltwater, I think, goes into two things. you got the inshore, where you can actually fish from the beach. Um, and then, of course, you've got the people that like to uh, uh, go after the uh, billfish and, you know, some of the and roosters and the rest of them from, uh, on, on a fly. Yep, That's those right. are on my uh, bucket list still. Mm-hmm. I still haven't caught a, a rooster fish, but oh. for me, well, the, why don't you well, why don't you why don't you go down to Baja with me and we'll see what we can do for you. Oh, yeah, you we'll get you into a couple. I got a bunch of extra tens and twelves and fifteen weights if we want to go out and really do some big fishing. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll uh, bring the beer uh, and sandwiches. Uh, Jason, you mentioned Cuba, so just as a last minute, I'm going to bring on uh, someone that if you don't know, you should know is Captain Phil Thompson. And he, um, his passion is Cuba. So let's introduce him real quick, and maybe you guys can swap some stories about Cuba. Maybe he might even learn something. And do we have uh, Phil? Do we have you on the line? Absolutely. How are you right. doing, John? Okay. We have uh, uh, Jason Randall, who has written multiple books on different types of fishing, and he sounds like he's got an affinity. He wants to learn more about uh, Cuba. So why don't well, you guys, why don't you guys go ahead and take about, it? I uh, an hour ago. <laughs> Hi, Phil. How you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's good to meet How you. How are you? I'm doing good. How is the fishing in Cuba? Fishing is excellent. The uh, marlin have started coming in on the, on the north shore. They oh, yeah. um, the blue water was in, and they seem like it's going to be an early uh, run. We've got a, the Hemingway tournament the 21st of May, so it looks like it's going to be a pretty good tournament. Oh, that's fun! I was the last, the, the only time I fished Cuba. I was at uh, uh, is it Cayo Largo on the south side. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, boy, that was fun. We got into a, a school of bonefish. I was down there uh, not only with my wife but one other angler, and he was on one boat. We were on the other. We were about 50 yards apart so we could hoot and holler and yell at each other. We got into this huge school. I've never seen a school of bonefish that big down there anywhere. And yeah, there's, yeah, there's, there's quite a few. We fished Las Salinas quite a bit, which is on the south side of the main island. And... That's uh, borders of Zapata, Cienega uh, Zapata, which is the biggest conservation area in Cuba, or the Caribbean for that matter. And it's bonefish heaven, absolute heaven. Uh, I had some oh, guys down in the river, Rio Hatiwanico, there uh, fishing uh, oh, about two weeks ago. And they jumped 20 tarpon in, in a day and caught a really nice big snook as well. Hmm. Wow. Now that's my The opportunities part. are there. Boy, Cuba is just like. Uh, like the new crown jewel of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Now, when you go, do you spend any time on land, or you fly in down there, or how do you uh, you spend most of your time on the charter boats, or what do you do, Phil? No, actually, we just we just came back. A friend of mine, uh, Don McKenzie here, who uh, owns a dive shop in Key West, Florida, we just did a little journey from uh, Havana to uh, Daracoa, which is the one of the easternmost cities. It's the oldest city in, in Cuba. And we, would, we didn't actually go there for fishing. We had a rod and reel with us, of course, but went there to see the beautiful rivers. And um, it's an area that was kind of whacked by the hurricane, but it's it's come back strong. 
it's uh, very mountainous and, and, like I said, has these beautiful rivers and beautiful uh, coastline. There's just, there's nothing there. Uh, well, let's talk, you know, and uh, again, Jason, since uh, uh, you've only been there once, you have some questions for Phil? Yeah, I, you know, I, I was able to get a Grand Slam um, out of the area we were fishing, but the permit were not real plentiful. Is there a, an area that you like um, to try to get that Grand Slam or at least to try to get that permit? Well, the permit fish, you know, being a, being a Florida Keys guide, um, where we have absolutely the, the best big permit fishing in the world. Um, permit are very, very unpredictable. The best time to get a permit is very is right before they go out to spawn. That's usually when the larger fish and a multitude of fish move into the shallows to do two things, to both warm their eggs to uh, uh, help expedite spawn, but also to feed up because where they go out on, in the spawn, there's no food. So that's usually in around February, late February, early March, but totally depends on the on the um, weather. How hard is Cuba now to get in and out of? I know it got a little bit uh, easier for a little bit, and someone told me it's just getting a little tougher. Is that true, or is it pretty? Not really. All, the only thing that uh, President Trump did was he. Um, he, he, it's really hard to describe. He really didn't change anything. We just flew into Fort Lauderdale, no problem whatsoever. Technically, you need to, you should have an itinerary and keep that itinerary with you. But that's just a formality. And as far as I know, no one's ever been asked for one. Uh, but customs agents here in Florida, which if there was going to be a any type of problem, it would be here. And of course, in Cuba, there's no problem. Never has been. I've been going to Cuba since 1993, and I've never had a problem on the Cuban side. I usually you, fly uh, to Jamaica and then across. Well, this it's really not necessary. You can take it. Not anymore, I know. But for a long time, that was the way. Yeah, or you had to go to Mexico. Air fly to Mexico. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, I understand. No, but the the uh, okay. it's really yeah. kind of a shame because of the travel warning and um, and the, all of the hype. It's really cut down on the individual Americans going there and, and we had such a great flow of them there and it was doing so okay. much for the average well, we're gonna, person. We're gonna, we're, it looks like we're out of time here. We've got a, just a short segment coming up. If you guys wouldn't mind hanging around it's only about three, four minutes. Yeah, uh, and we can get there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we need some more information about the books. Uh, you are listening okay. to uh, Fish Hunt Talk Radio. Go to fishhunttalkradio.com and just where it says listen to and pick which one you want. If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive, Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. Used by fishermen who know where to get the best fishing gear around, AFTCO makes the highest quality fishing rod components worldwide. If it says AFTCO, you know you have a quality rod. 
Guy Harvey Clothing, the best outdoor clothing line anywhere, is also available through Aftco. Longest-lasting, functional, and best-looking clothing you'll be proud to wear. Only the very best materials and workmanship. As soon as you put it on, you'll know the difference. Look for Aftco at quality retailers or go to AFTCO.com. Great news. You can now watch Grizz's shows wherever you are, whenever you want, on all your mobile devices. Download the Grizz Channel app today. Enjoy an adventure during that boring wait at the doctor's office. Or while you're sitting at the airport waiting for your next flight. Just go to your phone, tablet, or even Kindle app store or iTunes and download it today. And when you get home, you can watch The Grizz on your big screen on Roku. Catch The Grizz next adventure today. Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and uh, we are here with uh, uh, Fish Hunt Talk Radio. And go to us online and just go listen to. Go to fishhunttalkradio.com and just hit listen to and listen to this story. This show is probably as many times as you want. Uh, we did bring in uh, Captain Phil Thompson, and we've been talking to Jason Randall for most of the show. But a fascinating show, a lot of information. Uh, we're just going to touch a little bit on Cuba, but before we do that, I would like Phil and Jason to go over again a little bit about some of their um, some of their writing and what you've done recently and what you're working on. Lead off, Jason. Hey, thank you, Phil. Um, yeah, I've got uh, a new book out that came out about ten months ago, uh, months ago, and it really focuses on nymph fishing. Uh, it's called Nymph Masters: Fly Fishing Secrets from Expert Anglers, and uh, it's already it came out ten months ago. It's already in its third printing. It's it's really a popular book because of all of the quality of the contributions from the nymph masters. Ten of the top names in our sport, including Lefty Cray and uh, oh. uh, Joe Humphreys, uh, Ed Engel, Gary Borger, George Daniel, Landon Mayer, tons of people contributed ideas and tips, and we put them in one book and called it Nymph Masters. So that's uh, that's uh, probably the big news for me uh, at this point. The other uh, three books have been out for quite a while, and uh, I don't know. Phil, what do you got going on? Well, I'm working on a new book, which is kind of called, I haven't 
figured out the entire title, but the end of it is Travels with Chino. It's a combination of five years of traveling around Cuba, and it's mainly more than a travel guide. It's about the people that I found in different locations and touches on some fishing here and there. Uh, it's a labor of love in my case because the Cuban people have just been so good to me over the years, and I love. I want to see them. I want to see them get out of this little rut they're in. Um, we had a we had great enthusiasm there for a while, and, and a lot of lot of really uh, positive things happening. And now it's kind of uh, settled down a bit, but it'll pick back up. You know, and of course, ninety seven really interesting. 90, Really interesting Sorry. idea with the, the people of Cuba. When I was down there and I fished with several different guides and met several different local people, there isn't a probably a warmer, more inviting, more personable and friendly people that I've ever met. Absolutely, they they. I've traveled traveled quite a bit all, all over the world, and I would have to say that they are the most welcoming people I've ever met. Um, and you're very safe. It's, it's, it's got to be the safest destination in the world, with the exception of Antarctica, as far as crime and as far as uh, anyone, you know, anyone uh, molesting you whatsoever. And the Cuban, the Cuban police are very, very uh, welcoming to Americans. Uh, the people, of course, everybody has a cousin in Miami, so. They love everything about Americans. Well, I'd, I'd, love to, I'd love to spend a lot more time talking about it, but we're a little kind of tight on time. Um, I know that uh, property value down there is, that, is uh, starting to explode if you have the opportunity to buy it. That that would take a lot more time than we have, John. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So don't yeah. don't look at it as an investment right now. Look at it as just a great place to go visit. There you go. Okay. Well, and and again, uh, Jason Randall, R A N D A L. Uh, just look it up and and check out. He's got four books out right now, and covers covers a whole gamut. And Captain Phil, you didn't mention the the first book I read, which is really not a fishing book, but I couldn't put it down. It was ninety seven miles south. It's about some people that visit Cuba. Uh, supposedly it's fiction, but I know there's a lot of you in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, they can, they can get it at CaptainPhilThompson.com or Amazon, Kindle. It's on all the uh, Goodreads. It's on everything. All right. Okay, guys. Man, that was, shoot, we should probably go for another hour with you guys. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have to have them back soon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Terrell Thank you very much. Yeah, I, need a, I need a T-bone steak right now. Oh, yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you, Jason. But all they, all they have yep. is pork and chicken over there? Uh, yeah, but it's really good pork and chicken. Okay. Right. <laughs> hey, thanks for having us on, guys. All right. Yes, thanks Thank so you much. Audience. Okay, you are listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. Go to fishhunttalkradio.com and go to listen to and hear this as much time as you want. Mm-hmm.